What's up? What's up? What's up? Happy holidays, as everybody says. Happy, 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 fun time holidays to all of you. I am Taz. You are not. And um, welcome to the Taz Show. I appreciate you downloading this episode on the um, Radio.com app or on Radio.com. What? Radio. Take five. Radio.com website or Apple Podcasts. So wherever you're doing that, uh, it shows that you are loving uh, what I'm doing and if you're loving what I'm doing I'm loving that you love me and I love you so anyway uh, that's the dealio on that so we're gonna do a little Taz haul uh, this is the last Taz haul of 2018 and uh, if you're new to Taz haul it's basically a fancy damn name for a Q&A it's a Q&A you ask me a question I answer it. and we do this via the social media but it's also the last uh, episode of the Taz Show of 2018 And uh, I Me This show, everybody here With uh, the Taz Show will be back in 2019 So uh, as usual You know, be, without you guys uh, Supporting uh, what I do um, This wouldn't happen So the company that I am contracted to Is very happy with everything Over the past several years And uh, as we barrel into uh, w- Well, this let me just think for a minute. So in 2019, we will hit another massive plateau, uh, myself and you guys with me, um, getting to 700 episodes. So that's going to happen in 2019. Because right now, I believe this is episode that I'm doing right now, 645, I think. 645, the one you're listening to right now. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a big, big moment in uh, 2019. When it's 700 episodes um, Will it be a special big show? No, no, that's not what I do You guys know, I don't fucking play around like a little kid You know, when I hit the 500 episodes, a big deal, big So if we get to 1,000 episodes down the road Then we'll do a big ass show You know, we'll pull in some video cameras We'll bring some people back All that shit, but that's a while from now But don't matter, I'm on the road, I'm on the road I'm I'm running the game, I'm way ahead of everybody So that's all that matters, as long as I'm winning, I'm happy I'm winning, and if I'm winning, you're winning If you support the Taz Show, you are a winner Like me, we are all winners So anyway, enough of the ego-driven stuff Um, (laughs) Sometimes I could do that Uh, So yeah, we're gonna get to a little Taz Hall, like I said and it should be a lot of fun um, uh, We put out the, the question uh, On the Instagram and the Facebook And it seems like a lot of you guys uh, Have some really uh, awesome, awesome questions I think you guys will dig it And as you guys know, most of you guys have Really enjoyed these Task Hall episodes And uh, they're not going anywhere They're going to keep rocking and rolling in 2019 uh, with my content So that's definitely going to happen uh, First let me tell you The Taz Show is supported by Rocket Mortgage By Quicken Loans And they are introducing Their all new Rate Shield Approval Oh yes Rate Shield Approval If you are in the market to buy a home Quicken Loans will lock your rate For up to 90 days while you shop guys How awesome is that You know Quicken Loans will lock your rate For up to 90 days while you shop So to, 
just to do this really simple to get started go to rocketmortgage.com slash taz that's rocketmortgage.com slash taz rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on quicken loans data in comparison to public data records equal housing lenders license in all 50 states nls consumer access.org number 3030 and that's what they call a rocket mortgage jobbers yes uh, take the jobbers part out <laughs> okay so here we go let's jump into a little taz hall Excuse me, I got a little uh, a frog in my throat or something. I got to find my water, my mizu. I don't know where the hell it is. It's somewhere around here. I'll get my assistant to bring it to me, but I digress. Um, all right, la, la, la. Here we go. Uh, what do we got here? We got this. Uh, Dre Perry, 46. So, or Dr. Reberry, Red Perry. Oof. D-R-E-P-E-R-R-Y. Dre Perry, 46. What do you think about Velveteen Dream? And when do you think we're going to see him on Raw or SmackDown? Huge fan of the uh, love your content, meaning my content. And thank you, uh, Jay Perry46. I appreciate the compliment and the support. Look, Velveteen Dream, I've talked about him a good chunk here on the Taz Show, and I am a supporter of his. I, I love his promo work. I love his physical look. I love his in-ring work. Um, he's really evolved uh, into a tremendous... Uh, star in NXT and I do think that um, when the time comes that he's on Raw Smackdown which I do think will happen in the new year that's coming we're on the cusp of 2019 I do think that Velveteen Dream will end up there it's kind of tough to say which brand I mean that's like a needle in a haystack you know you don't yeah who knows you know I don't think he's gonna be I could be wrong on this I don't think in the first quarter of the new year the first three months of 2019 I don't think Velveteen Dream will be there, I w- I'm just predicting, but I do think um, in that second quarter, at some point, he will. I, look, he's ready now. I'm not sitting here knocking the guy. I'm a fan of the guy, so I think he's a, just a very unique talent. Which, to me, is um, that's the coolest thing about him. You know, we've seen so many, uh, so many, you know, great workers, uh, so many guys in great physical shape, so many guys that are and girls. I'm not just guys, you know, that have tremendous gimmicks. This guy is one of them, and he also comes off different. He looks different. His mannerisms are different in the ring, Velveteen Dream, the way he walks in the ring, the way he walks around the ring, uh, his athleticism, as I said, his his, his muscularity, uh, his facial expressions, his face, uh, what he wears to the ring, his promo style, the way they write for him, that they're, they're dialed into him the right way. Um, I, 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 there's nothing negative I could say about him. I mean, there's nothing, and 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 you know, I'm uh, pretty blunt when it comes to this kind of stuff. I'm just being real and telling you, you know, that he is definitely um, something that um, somebody I should say that is a really uh, a guy who's going to be make a lot of money on the main roster uh, for sure. That I'm telling you right now. Um, Velveteen Dream is what they call a keeper. So. <clears throat> Here we go, old school friend here from uh, the great country of Germany, Wolfgang uh, Dot Gladder, the Wolfgang, uh, Wolfie as we used to call him back in the day, uh, yes, Wolfgang Jones, isn't it much more dangerous, uh, in parentheses, ankle injuries, and painful to wrestle barefoot like you did back in the day, uh, and Matt Riddle uh, now, so, okay, Wolfie, thank you, buddy. Yeah, for those that don't remember, many many years ago, I wrestled barefoot in uh, when I was doing a character called the Tasmaniac, and um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so 
and uh, Matt Riddle does uh, wrestle barefoot. We've seen many wrestlers over the years wrestle barefoot. Obviously, you know Jimmy Snooker. Snooker was barefoot. Several of uh, the Wild Samoans and Samoan SWAT team. We've seen a lot over the years wrestlers uh, barefoot. Uh, uh, Von Erich was barefoot. Uh, Kerry Von Erich. Um, you know, there's been a lot of barefoot wrestlers now. It's kind of a, I don't want to say a lost stop. You don't see it as much now as you did maybe years ago. Um, as far as your question, Wolfgang, with injuries, yeah, absolutely. There's definitely foot injuries and more ankle injuries because you don't have to the point I think you're making, which I'm sure you are. That's why you mentioned ankle injuries. There's no support around the ankle. That's why a lot of guys that wrestle barefoot, they will tape their ankles to a degree to give some sort of support like there's a boot there. <clears throat> because you can roll an ankle very simply in a ring. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, also, it's simple to roll an ankle in a ring because of the can the canvas is not made for the natural sole of your foot, meaning your skin. It's made for a wedge rubber sole, hence pro wrestling boots. That's what pro wrestling boots are. The sole of a pro wrestling boot is a thick, heavy rubber. That's flat. There's no there's no tread on it on the base on the bottom sole. Nothing like that. Now you will see some wrestlers that wrestle in, you know, maybe a boxing shoe or an amateur wrestling uh, low shoe um, that has some tread in it for sure. Um, it's a flatter type feel. Um, you know, we've seen some guys do some stuff like in like a construction boot, but it's tough. I mean, it's tough to really do a lot. It's it's and it's dangerous. The canvas is made for a flat rubber surface boot. Not skin, not tread. Now, you can do it. It's more dangerous. I myself, all the years, all the years I wrestled barefoot, I never had like a bad ankle injury. I've I definitely broke toes and heel spurs too, where you know uh, you know hurt my heels. Um, it's definitely more dangerous. Matt Riddle, um, it kind of is like. You know, the more he evolves as a big star under the WWE banner, the more I think people will probably not even notice he's barefoot, which is kind of what you want. It's just part of your MO, but it makes him different. I was just talking a lot about Velveteen Dream being different, and I use that word a lot. If you're new to my content, I'm a big fan of just being different. I I believe in that. I um I believe in originality, and I believe in, you know, being as innovative as humanly possible. And that's tough to do in the wrestling business, I know. But <clears throat> being barefoot and something like that is definitely a way to do it. So, uh, big fan of Matt Riddle and uh, Wolfgang uh, Gladder, obviously. You know, big fan of yours. Huge mark for you. Um, no, no, you're the man. You man, you jobber. Uh, anyways, here we go. Uh, Saline Black Labels 302. Saline. Um, Saline Black Labels 302, I should say. James from Hartford. That's a simpler name. All right, anyway. Um, do you believe WWE will ever start listening to their fans? Um, they obviously don't and are hurting because of it. Well, that's a tough one, James. I mean, I, first off, I, don't, I, I think it's tough to discuss or even to make a bold statement like they don't. WWE does not listen to their fans. I, I don't think that's true. I think on many things they don't listen to them. I think if you're a hardcore fan or a fan that follows the wrestling business online or or read any newsletters and all this other stuff or go on, you know, something like 
like PW Insider, which is if you're going to get your news, that's where you want to go and, and read Mike, Mike Johnson and Dave Shearer and these guys because <clears throat> they know this shit. But the thing is, like, I think if you're that type of a fan that, that you know, really loves the industry or really are just a fan of the industry, that you need to pull that content in even when it's not on television or streaming online, yeah, you'll feel like WWE is not listening to you or to the people that will like you. But for the casual fan, um, and that's who WWE really tries their best to listen to mostly because there's more casual fans than they are hardcore fans. And they also know that as far as hardcore fans, no matter how much they piss off the hardcore fan base, us, no matter how much they piss us off at times and don't listen, that we aren't going anywhere. They know that now there are many of you guys That are like well bullshit I don't listen I don't watch WWE anymore because I'm sick of it and hey Taz I'll listen to your podcast and I Download you listen to you because I like to get your slant On things and which I appreciate that That's cool but there Are the bulk Of the people that are frustrated with WWE programming or writing And creative stick Around now there are some of you that do bail And that's fine If you don't like what you're seeing out of them Then you should bail You should Same thing with my show If you don't like my style or what I'm saying Or whatever Then you should bail too I mean I, I think everyone You know You should pull content in The way you want to pull in That's your prerogative um, But WWE I, I, I do think They try to listen to their fans I do Um the hardcore fan, and this I've heard with my own ears from big time brass power players in WWE without naming names. They know, okay. That, I shouldn't say they know, that's the wrong way to start the sentence. They feel that, um, and I've heard this, that no matter what they do, the hardcore fan base is never going to be happy. That That's. I've heard that so I think it's not right for WWE to stereotype a group of fans But that's I've heard that I've heard them say that um, You know um, I, it, I could see their point I could see their point a little bit because I've been on both sides of this um, It's it, Look When you got two guys like Gallows and Anderson who are super talented And were over huge bullet club Gimmick everything they did and when they came in They were the hottest thing going in the business And WWE fucked it up Let's be frank Now I'm happy to see That they gave the good brothers uh, a, a network thing And WWE Network uh, Botch City Jones whatever it's called And I've watched it and I loved it I thought it was funny and I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it When another one drops and I suggest you guys do too I think it's awesome Okay, I do, and and uh, I really enjoyed it. It's and it's nice that WWE gave those guys that opportunity, and those guys deserve it. That's the least they should be doing for those guys. Now, I'm bringing those guys up for a reason. Off your question, James, because um, those are two guys where they didn't listen to the fan base. The fans wanted those two men to be pushed. You know, Gallows and Anderson be pushed hard. You know, because a lot of the fan base knows them from. Their work all over the world, namely Japan and New Japan and stuff, and the stuff what they did with, you know, with the Bullet Club, with AJ and Finn and all these guys. You know, they they know the people know the fan, the hardcore fan knows, and then that kind of you know, 
they, they didn't push those guys right Listen, I lived that, you guys know that As a wrestler many years ago uh, In the WWE, same type thing You know, I had a cult following And I had that ECW buzz on me And, and I was this, you know the, this, this guy that You know, I, I ended up getting that great pop And the God and all that, the story's been told A million times, and then they, they stopped Really pushing me right after the debut You know, so as far as a wrestler So it happens It happens and WWE that's where they Don't listen to the hardcore fan but I do think Over the years things have changed A little bit and they're starting to do that A little bit more Um, But James a good question From Hartford for sure I you know um, But it'll be interesting to see uh, How you know how um, How how in 2019 You know and as Vince McMahon is getting A little bit older and Stephanie and, and Hunter are basically taking over Um you know, see if they if they change this even more because I think a lot of people are happy with the NXT product for the most part. You know, um, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> it's <clears throat> it's tough. Um, it's tough because with wrestling, they're writing new programming nonstop every week, hours and hours of new content. That's hard to do, and I've talked about that a whole shitload on this show. That's hard to do, but yet that's their job That's their obligation, they're making a lot of money They got massive millions of dollars Coming in from TV, you know Corporations and contracts and shit like that And and they got a fan base that they gotta keep Happy, that's just the way it goes Um, So that's 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 Their job, and they and and Just like it's my job to bring content out and bring Shows out every week, theirs to a lot higher Degree, because there's a lot more money on the line for them They got a much bigger fan base than I have, so I'm just saying, no matter, they're Content provided just like I am they're just providing a ton, tons of content, but you know we'll see. I mean, I, well, look, I'm pulling for them. I hope that I hope they kick ass in 2019 WWE, and I mean that. Uh, let's go to Danny, uh, Danny Hendog, uh, 316 Taz, huge fan and listener uh, to the podcast from Oceanside, Long Island. Okay, sweet little Nassau County Jones here. Uh, in this rating slump, what would be a stronger move? Put the Universal Title on Cena. Or have a wild card win it in a new year like Dean or Miz. Thanks, man. Uh, well, thanks, Danny. Appreciate the question. First off, on the, the one end of that question, I would not, and I repeat, I would not put the title uh, on John Cena. That would not happen. And that's nothing against John. I just think John wouldn't want the title, number one. Number two, John is so busy doing other things. Uh, number three, he's not going to be dialed in at all to. You know, doing the right thing as the champ because he's just not going to have time. I don't. I think it'd be unfair to the rest of the roster. I think it'd be unfair to the wrestling fans, the WWE fans. I think it'd be unfair to his, to the people that he works for. I think it'd be unfair to John. Uh, so no, I don't think putting it on John would be the right thing. Uh, the Universal Title, as we know right now, as I record this, Brock Lesnar is Universal Champ, and Daniel Bryan is the WWE Champ. Um, you know, <clears throat> listen, I think they got. They have uh, over over this next year coming in 2019. They have a lot of different opportunities where they can go a lot of different routes. Um, I I don't I understand the rating slump, but I don't think the rating slump is because of who. I know it's going to sound a little weird, but I don't think it's because who the top guy is or the top girl. I don't think it's that. Even though talent is key, obviously, but it's about it's a look. Raw's a three hour show. And you can't put the onus just on the champion, who the top, who the universal champ is. You can't. There's a lot more, a lot of segments that happen in that show. It doesn't just fall on him. It falls on 
the the creative direction or, or the head honchos of you know from Vincent Van down on the way stuff is written. It's really that simple. Um, and not all shows are going to be great. Um, I do. I, by the way, I do. I think it's good to have a champion like Brock Lesnar who's really not there a lot. No, I think that's really bad. I do. I totally do. I don't fault Brock like I've said a million times because he's got a days clause in his contract. You can't blame him. You can't blame him. That's just good business on his part. So, you know, um, I don't know. I, I do think, Danny, that they, I mean, if you put it on a guy to your point, you were saying like Miz or Dean. I, I don't think Dean, I think Miz would be okay. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind. I'd like to see something fresher and newer, but you got to be careful. It's not wet cement. And what I mean by that is someone that's on the come up that's getting a push like Elias. Okay, just hypothetically. So Elias is over, people love him, and he's on the come up and he's getting a big, big push. He's still kind of wet cement. He's not dried cement. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, when you wet cement, well, you can't build a house on wet cement. You build a house on dried cement, which means a strong foundation. It's the same thing as a wrestler. You need to be dried cement to build a foundation. When you put a title on a guy, that guy or girl needs to be not wet cement. That was my whole thing about Ronda Rousey being champ. She's wet cement, but most importantly, she don't need a title to be over. She doesn't need it at all. And you know, and it's tough to get the title off her because how the hell, who the hell's going to beat her? How are you going to book to beat her? It's tough. So <clears throat> anyway, um, let me hit you with uh, let me hit you with another one here. Uh, we got a lot, so uh, just bear with me. This is. Uh, and many of these are from the, the Instagram right now, and then some carry over to the Facebook too. So uh, Instagram is at Taz Talk, T A Z T L K, if you're new to uh, my stuff here. Uh, what do we got? La 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 la. RC Blood 2. Nice. Okay, RC. What aspects of wrestling of the wrestling business could learn from the more. Okay, I'm either like not reading this right or don't have enough coffee. Take seven. What aspects of the wrestling business could learn something from the more old school generations? Okay, now it wasn't his fault or it wasn't RC's fault. It was my fault because I'm reading like a, a goof. All right, so I do think it's a great question, RC, and I do think that there are several things that the current school um, can learn uh, from the business from old school. Uh, for sure. Um, one of the things that jumped out to me instantly in reading your question is the realism of some of the old school wrestling. Now, it also, see, you know, you got to think about what what era of old school we're talking about, right? So, because there were some eras of old school wrestling that stunk. So let's be honest, it, the work rate wasn't good, there was no athleticism, and uh, it just screamed like it was the shits, let's be honest. But a lot of the old school wrestling, like when I hear old school wrestling, I'm thinking of old school Memphis wrestling uh, from the mid to late 80s or you know, early 80s or, or NWA, that type stuff, uh, you, know, uh, you know, or stuff like Florida and Florida and, you know, all, all that stuff. Some of the stuff, a lot of stuff world class in Texas during that, that 80s, uh, early 90s, you know, in that realm. Uh, my point, what current generation of wrestling could learn from that is the realism the physicality realism and the organicness of putting a match together it wasn't so step by step the agent has to know the producer of the match okay this guy's gonna this this guy's gonna go this this that's not how you wrestle that that's well 
I shouldn't say that I guess that's how it's done a lot today in WWE But back in the day that's not how it was done It wasn't a, it wasn't a choreographed script And I'm not saying all the matches today are on WWE But a lot are and It's not the talent's fault It's just the way they gotta do TV sometimes And 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 the company micromanages these guys And they wanna know every fucking thing they're doing in the ring And I think that sucks um, I experienced that in 2000 January 2000 You know <laughs> You know, uh, uh, 19 years ago I experienced that That I had to like go through every fucking thing I was going to do in a match Like I'm like, really? This is like, I didn't learn how to work this way I'm, I'm a veteran already, I'm here in WWE And I've been a veteran of the business Veteran of the business And here I am now, I got to like fucking go step to threat Step with Jerry Briscoe And, and what I'm going to do with Kurt Angle uh, Because Jerry's the agent I mean like, well, you know, Jerry's just doing his job I'm not shitting on Jerry I'm just saying like, it's just you know, and and it's it's even more now. I don't agree with that, and I do think that, that part of being a tremendous or talented professional wrestler was, you know, having that spontaneity and to be uh, react um, and ad lib um, and and call audibles is was a big part of what made a lot of great matches for a lot of great men and women years ago, and I do think that's something that today's business could learn from the old school generations. You know what I mean? Um, so that's you know, I mean, I think it's a great question on your part. I, I seriously do, but I don't know. I just uh, that's uh, for me. That's how I would go. I want to see. I want to feel like it's. Uh, like I'm watching a fight. I know it's a work, but I don't want my intelligence insulted. You know, that's that's me. That's my style. So that's just me. But you know me, I'm an ass kicker. That's what I do. <laughs> Anyways, hey, the Taz Show is supported by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They're introducing their all new rate shield approval. I told you about this earlier, and I'll tell you again. If you're in the market to buy a home, well, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days, guys, while you shop. So to get started, please do this. Go to rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. That's rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Check this out. Based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records, equal housing lended, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. And that's what they call uh, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the all-new rate shield approval. So... All right, so this is the deal, right? We're going to go to break here. We'll come back from break. Got some uh, more, like more, more, more awesome, awesome Taz Hall questions. Um, getting some detail of, well, like Hall of Fame, for example. Not about yours truly, but about matches. You know, should certain matches be put in the Hall of Fame? Okay? Uh, like, like, uh, like UFC does. Should that happen? Like a match as opposed to a person, a wrestler. Not opposed to, but in addition to, I should say. I will answer that question. That's from Shane O, by the way, uh, my man from the UK. I'll get into that and many more on this uh, special edition, last edition of the Taz Show for 2018 and last Taz Hall for 2018 uh, as we get ready for the new year, guys. All right, sit tight. We're right back. Big Haas, we're back here on the Taz Show Yes uh, We're getting into 
deeper in the woods here of the Taz Hall. Answer a lot of your questions on the Instagram, the IG, as we call it, at Taz Talk. And some are segued over to the Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Taz Show. Yes, of course. All right, so we got a lot of good ones. I got a lot to do here. Thursday's here. Okay, I don't have time to play games. Right? So I'll give you a little Hook Jones uh, before we went to break from Shane O. That's three H's O underscore. Okay, should specific matches be put in the Hall of Fame, in WWE Hall of Fame, like UFC does, say like one or two a year? Shane, awesome question. Um, awesome question. Seriously, I like that question, and I don't think they should. I do not think matches should go in the Hall of Fame. Um, and again, this is subjective. It's just one person's opinion, meaning mine. You ask the question, I'm answering. So I don't, I don't think so. I like uh, more traditional where. We're putting men and or women in for their accomplishments. I don't believe in matches going in the Hall of Fame. I don't believe in um, promotions going in the Hall of Fame. Uh, like we talked a while back about ECW. Um, well, would they put the whole ECW brand into WWE Hall of Fame? Uh, if they were to do that, I think that's just, I'm, I don't agree with it at one iota. You know, and I don't need to go in their Hall of Fame. I don't think I'm going in their Hall of Fame, but you know what? Don't, don't. Encompass a bunch of people uh, From a brand And put them in as a cluster Into the Hall of Fame I think that's a little silly um, And as far as the matches I, I think that's a better idea than putting a whole brand In the Hall of Fame uh, Shane, but I wouldn't I just wouldn't um, it's, 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 it's acknowledging an accomplishment At a very high level In, in their Hall of Fame Meaning an accomplishment for two guys or two girls in a match or a tag team match or maybe a three-way match, uh, whoever the, the, the configuration of opponents are. And it is, I understand that. But like if you didn't know, you know, you, whatever your award show at the end of the year or Slammies or whatever the frig they do, whatever, the, you know, that's different. Then fine. That's what that shit's for. Not for the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, Shane. But, you know, maybe you feel different. Or people listen to me spitball right now. They might feel different, too. Um so, I don't know. Uh, but thanks for the question, Shane. Uh, good stuff right there, my friend. Uh, no doubt. So, appreciate that. It's good stuff. It's good uh, thinking type of uh, thing. It makes you think a little bit. makes you ponder. You know, I like that. I don't want to run around just like an idiot. You know, I like to ponder at times. You know what I mean? So, and that, that made me ponder. So, that's the deal. All right. So, uh, here we go. We got uh, Cody underscore Crossit. Do you think Kenny Omega leaves the elite and joins WWE in a new year? Oh, that's the main dollar question. That's the million dollar question. Not just Kenny Omega, but but all these guys. You know, what happens with Cody Rhodes and you know what happens uh with the Bucks, you know, what happens with Hangman Page, you know, what happens, you know, what happens? What happens? Well, we know this much, right? So Kenny Omega is, you know, is, is gonna work at Wrestle Kingdom, I think it's 13, and he's working against uh, Tanahashi, so we know that, and he's defending his title. Uh, and I think that that I think that's Jan four. I think that's next week, Jan third or fourth. I think it's the fourth. So you know, it's uh, Jan fourth. Yeah, January fourth, twenty nineteen. So in Tokyo, uh, so at Wrestle Kingdom thirteen, I guess we shall see right there, and we'll get a good idea what's going to happen with Kenny Omega. Um, now I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys read all these different reports and all these different dirt sheets and all this different shit. And you guys know I don't read any of that stuff. I don't. I think a lot of that stuff is slanted. And a lot of it is geared towards a way 
that sometimes wrestlers or people from the promotion want to work these reporters and these reporters go out and say things and sometimes they're right i'm not saying that they are sometimes they're definitely right but a lot of times they're not um and that's why i don't deal with the whole sources thing oh i got my sources i gotta shut up cop. so i do think that um my opinion will kenny omega end up in a wwe in uh in a new year i've thought about this a lot uh, Kenny Omega, before I answer it, is if you if you're not familiar with Kenny Omega, and he's been on my show. I've had Kenny on the Taz show when I'm doing live video, uh, an older episode. And um, Kenny is the man. He's a super talented guy. I respect him immensely. Um, tremendous, tremendous talent, and has built an amazing, amazing brand for himself and career for himself without going to WWE and doing it. So, you know, that's something to be very fucking proud of to do it out here, not being in that machine of WWE. I do think that I shouldn't say I do think I know that it had to be about two years ago Maybe again guys you know sometimes I'm bad With the timeline There was a ton of scuttlebutt no it had to be Three years because I had him on the show And that was part of The crops of having him on because there was a lot Of buzz at that Time it had to be three years ago I don't know Someone tweet me and let me know um, At that time A lot of folks thought he was Going to WWE so you know I Look, it's it's a tough question, Cody, to answer straight out, okay? Do I think he needs to go to WWE? No, I don't think Kenny Omega needs to. Uh, Kenny Omega can do whatever he wants because he's that, you know, he's that talented and that over, um, and he's built that kind of brand for himself. <sighs> um, I mean, I don't know the man's financial situation. That's none of my business. I mean, he seems like a very intelligent guy, and I'm sure he saved his money, and I'm sure he's he's you know he's obviously in his prime. He can work any place. And name his price um, Do I think he goes to WWE in the new year? I, I do I do I don't know why um, And I'm answering this instinctually Because I went back and forth Talking uh, Thinking about this I should say to myself For, for a couple of weeks Because there's been a lot of scuttlebutt About all the guys You know the elite gimmick And all these guys And what's going to happen And stuff in the new year And we're going to know We're going to know like next week Probably I don't know when you listen to this, but in the first week of the new year, I think we're going to start to know what's happening with all these guys. Um, you know, a couple of said goodbye to Ring of Honor already, as we know, and it's like, you know, it's it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I do think that I feel like the they they kind of stay together as a as a group. You know, as um, like they, 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 I do feel like that, which is, I'm interested to see if that happens. That's rare in wrestling. Using wrestling, everyone's very selfish and they just worry about themselves. And you could act like you're someone's best friend, but you don't give a fuck at the end of the day. You worry about yourself. That's just a, it's a dog eat dog world, the wrestling business, and it's a very vicious competitive world. But from what I understand and knowing, like these guys here are, uh, really are loyal to each other. So it shall be interesting to see what happens. I don't know. I I do. My my gut tells me Kenny Omega ends up being in the WWE at some point in 2019. I do feel like that. I do. Um, and guys, I definitely could be wrong on that because I'll tell you what. If you ask me that same question tomorrow, I might say something different. Meaning that because I don't. I'm kind of on the fence, which is good. That's good that there's that aura about these guys that you don't know. It's good that WWE. If they've been talking to them that they've kept everything on the down low on the kayfabe So I do think that's that's good That's that's good business by WWE to keep it hush If they are talking to these guys 
I do. Um, you know, a lot of people felt like, oh, shit. Well, we saw, you know, the ultimate of ultimate on, uh, what do you call it, SmackDown, where AJ Styles fucking knocked the shit and dropped you know, a 74-year-old, whatever, Vince is a 75, 73-year-old Vince McMahon, knocked him on his ass because Vince wanted to see the real AJ Styles and bring out the real AJ Styles. And Vince slaps him. Next you know, AJ fucking shocked the world on Christmas Day and fucking drops uh, Vince. Like, okay, I get it. That could be a great way to light that fuse. Uh, well, now we're going to see, uh, maybe, and a lot of the hardcore fans are probably hopeful, the Bullet Club in full form uh, or, or new form in WWE, and AJ will be a major part of that. You know, maybe, because they gave the ultimate, ultimate rub, um, you know, to AJ. By having him not just interact strongly with Vince, but fucking drop Vince. That's rare. <laughs> Vince don't need to do that. So unless he's really trying to make someone, like really make them over the edge, over the top, make them. Um, and I think we might have seen that. I do. Uh, I do because AJ's over. AJ's had that WWE title for a long time. He's hit the peak in WWE and got the big push and for quite some time and done awesome there. Um, why does Vince need to do that? And I'm not knocking it. I'm just—it's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer the question. I'm just saying, like, why? Why does he need to do that? Well, obviously, to do something new and spark something, in my opinion, for next year. That's what I feel they're doing, uh, and I, I think that's—you know—that's part of it. Um, you know, uh, um, to, to maybe have. Okay, this is like a whole. Uh, it's it's not a Taz Hall. I'm kind of just veering off for a second. So just bear with me, Cody. I know you asked this question. I answered the question. So I just it just it, it's got me thinking. I just want people to understand something. All right. So they if other men from the Bullet Club, you know, come in now. Let's say the whole gamut. I don't care who it is, from Kenny Omega to Cody Rhodes to the Bucks to. You know, hangman, whoever it is, you know, uh, who the whole gamut. Let's say they all stick together, they all come in. You obviously got Anderson Gallows there, okay? You got Finn there, okay? All of that, the guy, if they, if let's say Finn's not involved in it, hypothetically, they're going to have AJ be the guy in charge of it. And here's why because AJ is a now has become, in quotes, a, a made guy in WWE. So Vince McMahon and his crew are going to believe in him more than these other men coming in. And the, the money and time is put into AJ that the casual fan is down with AJ. They know AJ. They know him. They might not know Hangman Page. You know what I'm saying? They might not know Scroll. They might not know these guys. They might not. If they don't watch New Japan or Ring of Honor, they don't know these guys. If they're not following the internet, not everybody. Guys, listen. If you're a hardcore fan, not everybody follows the wrestling business on, on Instagram or on Twitter or on, on the internet. Some just watch it with their kids, you know, on, on Mondays or, or Tuesdays. So, and no, some are more than the ones that do. I talked about this earlier. That's the casual fan. So, I do think we saw something with, with Vince getting knocked on his ass by AJ. I do. So, and there could be something there with this whole fucking, look, here's the other thing. The other thing. You do that on a Christmas show. You know, the, the the you know most people aren't gonna most people aren't watching WWE on Christmas night. They're not watching SmackDown. They're not. 
It's just a fact. Their numbers are probably, I didn't look at the ratings, but I'm sure their numbers are down. That, that, that goes without saying. WWE knows that before they even put the show out there. They know that. To do something like that on that, on that deal there, it, it's going to get people talking about AJ just dropped Vince McMahon. That's going to be a big deal. It was a trending topic for, for good reason. So I'm just saying, like, it's that, that was done for a reason. So maybe that leads to everything with Kenny Omega to Cody's question coming in there and 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 all the other guys from the Bullet Club and shit like that. So uh so uh, we'll see. You know, we will see, you know. So it's definitely uh, a very intriguing topic and a conversation that I'm not done doing. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> in future podcasts I'll be talking about this. Uh so that's it. All right. Cos Cosmic Kev 24. All right, Kev. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you think any of the talent in WWE have any type of creative control? Hashtag Tassel. Well, good question, uh, uh, Cosmic uh, Kev. My first instinctual answer is no, absolutely not. I do not think any of them, well, except maybe a Brock Lesnar, uh, because I think Paul Heyman, not just because of Paul, because of Brock, all the years he's been there, and because he's got he's had leverage with the WWE, and he uses his leverage. And I also think because of Paul Heyman, you know, Paul Heyman has clout there, and and the creative team and Vince McMahon will will listen to him talk uh, behind the scenes, Paul Heyman. And I do think that 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 helps that does help Brock, and I think Brock obviously speaks for himself too. So he would be, in my opinion, of just in my first instinct. The only one I think would have creative control. Now, do they have creative control, including Brock, in writing in their contract? That I strongly doubt. That I strongly doubt. Um, it's a great question, Cosmic Kev, but I don't think in writing it would be there. No, I, I don't. I know you didn't ask that, but no, I don't. Casey Collins, 1980. Uh, Instagram Jones over here. Uh, we need a Taz uh, on uh, the Jericho Cruise number two. What do you say? I say no. Okay. Uh, next question. <laughs> now I have no time, bro. I have no time to go on a boat with Chris. I mean, I like Chris. Chris is a good dude. I consider Chris a friend. I'm not looking to go sailing with Chris. Okay. Uh, I don't have time. I, I host two shows. I don't have time, and I have a family, so I just don't have time. So you're not gonna see it, Casey. Not at all. Uh, it's not happening. Uh, Jeremy Earwood. Uh, do you think Braun Strowman will ever become champion? Uh, does he even need a title run? He's my favorite right now. Yes, and yes, I do think he will become champion. I do think he needs a title run. I do. I think the belt needs him. I think it's something different. He's he's an over character. I don't like that they've made him very human as of late. Uh, but I do. I do think he needs the title. I mean, it's not going to hurt and sink him if he never gets it, but I do think that, you know, I do think that um, he does eventually get a title run. I think he should get one. I think he needs one. You know, I do. I really do. I do think he needs one. Um, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I don't think it's going to hurt him either, neither here or there, um, but I do think it, uh, you know, it definitely would uh, would help him. Lance underscore star underscore lord underscore berg. Okay, simple. Rolls off the tongue. How do you protect the top guys uh, uh, on NXT when transitioning to the main roster? I.e. Undisputed Era, Gargano, Champa, Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream, 
Also, side note, the top indie signings besides the elite that uh, need to happen in 2019. Okay, double question. Jones, hopefully I get to all of them because there's a lot going on here. Um, first off, how do you protect the top guys in NXT uh, when they transition? Well, that's simple. You, you book them. You write for them like you did in NXT. But that doesn't happen. A lot of times <laughs> We've seen it with Bobby Roode We've seen it with uh, with Shinsuke Nakamura We've seen it with a bunch of people We've seen it with Asuka Now she's getting pushed But I mean, we've seen this you know. Um, because what happens now When you get in the main roster This is the thing here Okay, Shit changes in those agent meetings In those producer meetings When they come up with finishes And shit like that Because there's more voices in the room And people get their word out To Vince And they do it politically correct the right way with the right timing it's a it's a strategy that's none other i could tell you one day about it like it's i've witnessed oh <laughs> uh, god i don't want to go down this road but i'm just telling you what happens in somebody's meetings show day early in the day uh, that's what happens it, it's so when you're in nxt and you're getting that push it's hunter's you know and there'll be your word but you know he, he don't he doesn't have as big of a team behind him and so there's less cooks in the kitchen, which is why NXT most of the times is booked better because it's usually you know a couple of guys' vision led by one man's vision and Triple H, and then they roll. When you go to the main roster, well, it all changes. And I'm not even implying that Triple H doesn't have a lot of clout on the main roster. He obviously has a plethora of clout on the main roster. But, you know, Vince, you know, will have his ears open when a lot of those other people in that room talk. Behind closed doors So um, You know And it leads to Actually a next question here By WB underscore hair Says why do so many NXT uh, Not utilized properly On the main roster And it's the same thing Because like I just said I could just like, People In the room Start talking Like whatever it is Agents Producers People Someone from Maybe big wigs From the TV end That's not at NXT And they start talking And they start saying stuff And Oh, they'll get in Vince's ear. And not only that, it's a much, this is the key. Pay attention, folks, with NXT and the difference going to w, to the main roster. The locker room is bigger, obviously. It's, it's more talent on, on the, the, you know, the Raw SmackDown deal. And it's more cutthroat. I mean, it's, it is. I'm not, I hate to be, I'm not trying to act like an asshole. I'm just being blunt. I mean, it's, it's, this is not. You know, it's competitive and, and you know, people will say things quietly to a boss and say, ah, you know, I don't know this guy You know, I've seen it, I've seen it happen for years, I know it's happened to me, I've seen it happen um, I've had the opportunity to knock guys and I didn't, you know, um, I've had bosses say to me And not just in WWE, hey, what do you think of this guy, what should we do with this guy, what do you think, what's your opinion I've, seen, I've had it happen, At, when I was a wrestler, you know, would you want to work with this guy or not If you didn't want to work with him, why, why don't you want to work with him you know what that kind of thing you know what i mean like um i don't know it's it's it, that's the political end of the business and it, it sparked me when you mentioned nxt but um you know uh i don't know um we shall see i mean we'll see i mean if they if that keeps happening and they 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 got to find a way look i understand paying dues i'm a big fan of i believe in paying dues but you know if you're in the wwe you're in nxt you know, you're kind of paying your dues, you know, and then when you go to the main roster, someone's like, "Why well, you got to start over? Like, Bobby Roode needed to start over? Are you fucking kidding me? Bobby Roode? Like, really? 
all his success in the business for years and years. Then he goes to NXT and kicks ass and gets pushed. And then he's got to go to the main roster and then he's got to pay his. I know he's not tag, half tag team champ right now with Gable. I get it. But still, like, really? You know, like he had to like pay dues. It's a little confusing. I got to be honest. Um, it really is. You know, um, I don't know. It, it's just something that, um, you know, something they got to keep an eye on. And, and I think once we see Triple H be. You know, have control of everything Maybe things will be better, I don't know I mean, we'll see on the main roster, maybe um, Maybe, I don't know I don't know It's tough to tough to, tough to figure Because I said, there's other people in the room There's other people, and I talk about the room a lot There's other people in the room um, You know So, uh, Mr. Heretic I fucking said that wrong 2008 Has New Japan peaked? Or is it the best? Or is it yeah the best that still yet to come? No, I don't think it's peaked. New Japan's been around for decades, my friend, as you know, decades upon decades, and been successful for decades upon decades, and will continue. No, that's a household brand uh, in the great country of Japan, and 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 in our country here in America, and Canada, and the UK, and they're following social media wise and on their digital platforms. You know how they how they get content out there. New Japan is over like Rover. So speaking of Japan, the underscore C word, while working in Japan, what was your favorite food? Mine was okonomiyaki. Uh, So, yeah, interesting. I was more of, and by the way, uh, that's a kind of like, I've had it. It's like a, it's kind of like a, for those that don't know, it's like a, Kind of like a cabbage type with different shit in it, like a pan, like a pancake type thing. Um, okonomiyaki It's good, it's really good I mean, I, that's the C word's uh, favorite one A uh, favorite meal there, that's fine I'm more of a um, Sushi guy So, uh, and um, I really um, I'm a big sushi guy, and when I went to Japan I first got introduced to, the first time I went to Japan To sushi And uh, also tempura You know, I've been in different tempura houses In Japan where they just serve tempura and I like any type of tempura, which is a lightly fried, flaky type of uh, whatever. It could be shrimp tempura. It could be uh, sweet potato tempura. It could be chicken tempura. It could be anything. Um, sushi-wise, um, um, I liked a lot of traditionals. I'm a big tuna guy. Love tuna sushi. Love uh, tuna tataki. Love tuna, spicy tuna roll, hand rolls. A big hand roll guy. Uh, futomaki, which is a bigger roll. There's, I usually substitute my egg. I take the egg out. Egg is called tamago. I have the egg substituted for tuna, which is magaro. Ah, spin some sushi, you motherfuckers. All right, I hate. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. You know what I'm saying? This is how I roll. It don't matter. I could talk food. I could. Uh, I could talk. Uh, you know. I could talk wrestling. I could talk sports. Uh, I could. T- it don't matter. It, it don't matter. It's, I'm a multi-talented motherfucker. Let's be honest. This is what I am. We know this, right or wrong. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, I'm here to put myself over. Yeah, this is what I do. Sure, this is why I have a podcast from the beginning. I, I love to put myself over, <laughs> and I also love to put over uh, my good friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Because you know, this show, the Tash Show, has been for a long time supported by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, guys. I talked about it already. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to tell you again about uh, Rate Shield Approval, the all-new Rate Shield Approval by Rocket Mortgage, uh, by Quicken Loans. If you're in the market to buy a home, Quicken Loans will lock your rate up to 90 days while you shop. 
To get started, simply go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. That's rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. Rate shield approval only valid in certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data comparison, the public data records, equal housing lenders, licensed in all 50 states. NMSConsumerAccess.org, number 3030. That's a rocket mortgage by Quicken Loans. So there you have it. So uh, anyways, uh, what else we got here? I think we uh, we got like a, this. I mean, geez, I mean, I mean I, this is like, I mean, how long are we? I got a million, you know, maybe a million is an exaggeration. We, we pulled up a shitload of questions, and a shitload is more accurate than a million. So it's, uh, I mean, we got into the food. I talked about the WWE wrestling, New Japan wrestling. I've talked about NXT wrestling. I mean, really, I, uh, you know, I, I got here. Here's a perfect example of how well versed I am. Jada Sanera. Yeah, that's smooth. Foles or Wentz? Uh, I'm going to go Wentz. Yeah, so these are for those that don't realize what he's talking about. There's uh, two quarterbacks who play for the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Foles was a Super Bowl MVP uh, backup, basically. Of course, Carson Wentz blew his knee out late in the year last year, the starting quarterback. And then Wentz came back this year to be the starter. And Foles, well, he was sitting there as a Super Bowl MVP as a backup. Well, who would have thunk it? Wentz gets hurt again late in the year, and Nick Foles comes in and doing pretty good. But I still would take Wentz. I think Wentz is the, basically the better quarterback for sure. I mean, remember, Wentz was on the cusp of being last year the NFL MVP uh, if he doesn't get hurt. And then Tom Brady ended up getting that. But I digress. So, I mean, I can spitball anything. It don't matter. Fuck, it's just over. You know, we know this. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. We are over. Uh, Kermit the Hermit, 67. What does WWE need to do in 2019? Whoa. Now, that's a... Talk about vague. Talk about a wide open question. I mean, bro, that's like... Seriously, Kermit the Hermit, 67? Like, that's like... There's a lot. I mean, I, I don't think they need to really... It's going to sound crazy, and a lot of you are going to disagree with me, but I'm going to say it. I don't think they need to change much. I mean, they got two massive multi-multi-million, million, million, and million-dollar deals from USA Network and, and Fox uh, to cover both their, their main flagship shows in Raw and SmackDown. So right there in itself, the money that's going to be coming in. Yeah, I understand the fan base, but I say it a lot, guys. You got to realize a lot of you get pissed off about their content, but but then there's there's new waves of fans that come in. And they're always going to keep on rolling. They they would love to keep everybody happy. They they would, but it's not possible. But I'm telling you, I I I don't think they need to change a ton more. I don't. Um, I just don't. Um, I I, I, I do think they need to. You know, when they when they did the thing at, uh, what was it? What the hell was it? The uh, Survivor Series where SmackDown got their ass kicked and got swept. I can't remember. It was 7 to nothing or 8 to nothing. And then it was basically fucking, they come back on SmackDown. It's like no big deal. Like whatever, yeah. And I thought there was like a storyline that Shane McMahon said, oh, things are going to change, all this shit. Then nothing changed. It was hard to even acknowledge it to it. It was like, who gives a shit? I think that was horrible. Like, you can't keep doing that kind of stuff because it turns a lot of people off. It's insulting to your intelligence. You know this is a work. You don't mind being worked. Just work me good. You know, really, just work me good. You know what I mean? I, I You know, I that that's what I'm saying. I was just saw, um, speaking of Thanksgiving, I saw uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, the great, I'm a big Jerry Seinfeld fan, like a lot of you guys, right? I saw Jerry Seinfeld was a guest on, uh, what's his name, Jimmy Fallon. 
and uh, they have great chemistry together, and you know, and and stuff like that. I don't normally watch these late night shows because I usually go to sleep early because I get up and do a sports show every morning. So, you know. But anyway, I, I caught it, and it's, I'm a mark for Jerry Seinfeld, and I'm like, they closed their show, they closed the segment before they went to break with like um uh, some kind of a bit, but it didn't feel like a bit. It felt like it was a shoot. I don't want to spoil it for you to watch it, and it was funny, and. And it kept going back to what Jimmy Fallon kept saying. Like, he wouldn't answer a question. And and I can't remember what he said. He would say something like, well, kind of. And, and Jerry Simon was, well, kind of means no. Well, kind of means, like, you know, he would ask me these questions. You got to watch the segment. My point is, I'm, I'm getting long-winded on it. Sorry. My point in this is this. I knew what they were doing that last two minutes of the segment of the interview that Fallon had Seinfeld there. I knew it was a work. I knew they worked out this bit. I could tell a little bit it was. But I didn't mind, you know why? Because it was fucking great Their delivery was great, they made it feel like they were shooting Verbally shooting And it worked, it was perfect So, But I knew it was work But I wasn't insulted because I knew it was good It was done great That's my point, like with wrestling With WWE or whatever Like You can't insult people's intelligence You can't piss people off That's the problem That's the problem And You know I <laughs> you 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 look at you look at that that bit I just mentioned that they did that 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 WWE did um, at the Survivor Series with SmackDown losing all those fucking brand on brand competitions and it was like it was a fucking joke on the TVs after that like whatever it was horrible can't do that in 2019 that kind of shit you can't you can't insult people's intelligence you can have bad shows that happens but to answer the question in full i don't think you need to change too much i mean i just it's you know i, I don't i mean they're, they're doing well i mean they are and they're doing the best they can they got they put a lot of work in you got to give them credit for that they all putting the best they can and i can tell you this there's no laziness there and their goal is for every segment to be the best sometimes you hit a base hit sometimes you hit a double sometimes you hit a home run sometimes you whiff and you strike out it happens Leafington on uh, Tad's talk on the IG uh, Last year NXT and NXT Women's Champion were in the Rumble Should the NXT champs be in the Rumble? If not, should a shot at the NXT titles be available to the Royal Rumble winners? Hmm. Well, the back end of the question I do think that um, uh, Let me just think about this Uh, If not, should a shot at the NXT titles be available to the Royal Rumble winners? It's a good question. I, I, I yeah, I think it'd be, I think it'd be cool. I mean, to go that route. Um, I don't think now. I don't think the NXT champions, women's and men's, should be in the Royal Rumble. I think it minimizes them. Uh, so to answer that question, no, I don't like that. Um, I mean. I do think that if you're gonna If you have some NXT talent in there That's not a champion And they win the Royal Rumble Then they should be getting a title shot At their brand champion I I, I don't I don't know if it's like that right now or not To be honest I'm, I'm drawing a blank I don't I didn't I haven't really thought of this to be frank But that's my thought on it I mean I don't know That's how I would handle it uh, You know what I mean Sword dot of dot justice. Hey Taz, love your content and huge fan. Always wondered about wrestlers' finishers. 
what kind of work and thought goes into it and see if it's right for you? Well, good question. I uh, talked about this a long time ago. A lot. Most of the time. <laughs> a lot goes into a finish. Um, I had, I wasn't one of these people that came up with my finish in WWE or WWE came up with my finish. That wasn't like that. I had it way before I was in WWE, and I strongly suggest for any young wrestlers, that's how you do it. You don't want anyone in a company, a boss, an agent, a writer, to have the power over you to decide what your finish is. Now, that might be tough for someone new breaking in in the WWE umbrella in the Performance Center in Florida, in NXT, where, you know, they're going to do that. I uh, um, Now, sort of justice, I do, I could tell you this, that the wrestler has a lot of say in that finish because you're the one that has to perform it. Um, but what goes into it is is this. The first thing that goes into it is, okay, can I pull off whatever move I'm looking to do? Like, am I physically capable of doing this? So like me, I'll give you an example. I've always liked the moonsault. I thought moonsault was always an awesome move. Not that I ever wanted to do it for a finish, but I'm just using it as, as a point of reference, right? I, If I wanted to have a finish, and I, I love the moonsault, I think it's a cool move. I, I was never physically able to do a moonsault. I, I wasn't able to do it. So I would not have that as a finish. I know it sounds very simplistic, but it's some guys think of shit. I want to do this. Like, well, dude, you're not able. You're not physically capable of doing this. I want to do a 450. Well, fuck, you could hardly take a backdrop. The fuck you doing a 450? Get out of here. So you got to play into your physical strengths. That's the key thing. Like what you can do, it's got to be able to look really, really good, no matter if it's a submission um, or a high-impact spot that you pin someone with. And one of the main, 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 main things is it has to be safe to your opponent and to yourself. But especially your opponent, because your opponent's giving you his body. So that that's the key to it. Uh, you know, I um, went with a submission into a tap out, a choke into a tap out, because it was, you know, nobody was really having anybody tap out back then. And I and I had this vision of this character and what I was able to do as a MMA-inspired pro wrestler before it was called MMA and a guy that used, you know, takedowns and and joint locks and chokes and suplexes and it, it fit doing a submission um, and getting you to tap. And and I also, the key with the Taz mission, the Kata Hajime, for me was it was a rear, it was a version of a rear choke, but it didn't matter how big a guy was, I could put it on him. And that was the key for me because a lot of guys were a lot taller than me. So I had to, you know, be able to do something that would look believable enough and work enough that my my lack of height didn't hurt me in doing a move to someone. I was strong enough physically to do a lot of spots, lifting a guy, dumping a guy, suplexing a guy. I've had a lot of people say, "Dude, why'd you never use a suplex for a finish?" Well, because <laughs> that was that'd be easy. That'd be easy, and there was no real psychology behind it. Well, what do I mean by that? I'll tell you. Um, if I'm the human suplex machine I have all these different suplexes Well basically the Taz character used all those suplexes To set up a victory With a choke It, it, it showed more Versatility in my athleticism And in the Taz character That's why 
So there's a little inside baseball of how I used to think. And, you know, that was my thinking. Nobody, not Paul Heyman, nobody else, to make my character be, have that kind of athleticism and versatility and to be able to cook on all those different cylinders. That's, you know, that's how I did it. So it worked for me, and I was blessed, and a lot of you guys loved it. So that was cool. Um, all right, so anyway, that's that's the deal. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And I hope you guys have a great, healthy, and happy new year, 2019. Be safe. Have, you know, don't 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 go out, drink and drive. Don't party when you get behind a wheel. Be smart. And don't party too much now. Don't act like an asshole. Don't be that guy or that girl that's like a schmuck at a party. Look at Bobby. He's fucking bombed again. He's vomiting on himself. Oh, my God. He just drooled on his wife's foot because he's sleeping on my den floor. Don't be that guy. Nobody likes that guy. You know what I'm saying? All right, guys, look, have a great new year. Be safe. And the Taz Show will be back next year in 2019. Sit tight, bitches. I'm Taz. You're not. Adios. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same Cause we've been doing our own thing Trying to stay up I wanna go back to days with no 